Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Thirsty, thirsty, Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Jake coming at you live from homie. This is the uh, the, the best view from an on-site location possible. Looking out over the beautiful Salt Lake Valley. Uh, Austin Horton producing today uh, back at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivid Arena. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only... Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. How are you, Jake? I'm good, buddy. How are you? You yeah, doing well? I'm doing well. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing well. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You've you've been here many times. You know uh you know the view here is gorgeous. Yes. That is uh an open air kind of feel it gives you there with all those big windows. Absolutely. So we'll be talking about Homie uh, throughout the show. Our good friend Katie is here. Uh, it is a booming market, as they say, Gordon. So it's your opportunity to uh, save a bunch of dough and, and uh, do the process a little bit better. No doubt about that. Nothing wrong with saving money. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, as you know, but I think, you know, if you can save yourself five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, fifty, sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars, and yeah, do it. Yeah, and when they've streamlined the process, of course, when it comes to homey title or homey loans, I mean, you can save money all you know throughout the entire process, and then you know, Gordon, reinvest that money back into your home or into your life or you know wherever you uh, you need it. I mean, it's it's you know big time dollars we're talking about, so you know life changing type of stuff. Uh, uh, check them out, homie.com, homie.com. All right, Gordon, we, we have a lot to do today. We, of course, will talk about uh, last night's game against the Rockets. Uh, Jonathan Tavernari is going to join the show coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Sam Amick at 4, Tim Lacombe at 5. So we are we are very busy. Uh, is there one name over the others that you're looking forward to today, Gordon? No, they're all good. That's like... It's like picking between your kids. Like, you know, okay, you know, well, you, you passed that test because whichever one you didn't say, I was, I was going to tell about. <laughs> yeah, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you yeah, for so setting good me job. up. Yeah, be on your toes because yeah. you passed that test. Good job. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. Well, I'm telling the truth. If I uh, thought a different way, I would probably say it and get in trouble. It'll be a good day to, uh, to talk to all of those guys. Uh, Tavernari had some thoughts uh, recently on some of the rule changes in college basketball. Uh, Sam Amick um, obviously is good every single week. And then, of course, Coach Lacombe, who makes his weekly appearance on the show, my co-host on Jazz pre, half, and post, as the Jazz remain, Gordon, very relevant. So do you always call Tim Coach? I've heard you say that a lot. Is that is that the norm for you? 
Oh, I just think, uh, you know, I call coaches coach. I mean, uh, that doesn't stick uh, just to Tim. I called Tom Homo coach last time I saw him. I don't know. It just seems like a, you know, who doesn't like being called coach? Well, and it's, I, it's good. You know, coach, uh, you, you know, knows his basketball inside and out. So it never hurts to remind folks that, you know, he, he coached the game for a long time. And when he when he speaks on the matter, you probably ought to pay attention. So if you, what should I, should I call you? Broadcaster Jake? Why, uh, why? Sure. And, and, and here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. And and coaches call each other coach so-and-so all the time. And I think it's done out of respect. But I, I, I just don't I, – I don't know why that is. What What's the what's the tradition there? I mean, you know, I don't call my accountant accountant Bill, you know. I don't know, Gordon. Our friend Google might help you out, but yeah, I, I, you I, have an accountant? Uh, I like the the sign of respect thing. You know, you probably grow up as kids with coaches. You know, call your coach coach that sort of thing. Do do uh, Naz's clients call her uh, uh, attorney Naz or counsel Naz or whatever? Uh, you, well, she only has one client really, and I. <laughs> you know what? I don't think she'd hate it. <laughs> and and lawyers do have a term. It's called Esquire, right? So if somebody called her Esquire, I don't think I don't think she would correct them. Okay, I just wondered about that because it's one of those professions where I mean it's like doctor, you know. Yeah. I mean, but but coach. Uh, you, okay, I just wondered because you know, I heard. I mean, we've known Tim a long time and known well, him as temp, but you call him coach. I, well, here's the thing. You know, you mentioned accountants. They're called CPAs, Gordon. It's right there on their business card. Yeah, but you some don't... Some professions are more important than others, and, and unfortunately for us broadcasters, quite a ways down that list. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're right. lucky when we don't get called dirty names, you know, or, or <laughs> offensive names, you know, so we should just be grateful for our place in, in society. All right. I just wondered specifically about coach. I mean, what? Yes, coaches well, I, are more important than us. It's true. All right. Say so. <laughs> no, I, uh, he's a coach. He's Coach Lacombe. You know, I call him Tim, too. I, I didn't know it was creating an issue. No, it's not creating an issue. I just wondered why, why that why that is. You're not the only one who does that. So I, I wondered, you know. I call him sport. Hey, sport. Yeah, but we, you get to a certain age where, I mean, it just feels weird calling somebody coach. Because, one, they're not your coach. They're somebody else's coach. They're not your coach. Right? And maybe there, maybe there's an age thing, because most coaches are younger than me. But, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, that, just, that, that just seems formal. Well, I think some coaches like the formality of it all. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. I've, I've been asked before to refer to them as coach. But if you call someone coach who isn't your coach, why are you calling them coach? Because they are a coach, Gordon. But they're not your coach. That doesn't matter. Well, it kind of matters. It doesn't, though. Oh. All right. Well, I, I just wondered. I mean, do, do, do you call a, a medical doctor who's not your doctor Larry? You know? I mean, no. <laughs> Actually, I do call my doctor by the first name. There's, there's still but, a doctor, though, you know. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, all right. You answered my question. I actually don't refer to my doctors by their first name. 
I don't think I call my doctors anything. I I, I intentionally don't. I, I don't want that kind of personal relationship with my doctor. Oh, I do. I like that. They I know. I, I hey, I'm not saying I'm in the norm here, but you know, I want it. I want it. Uh, uh, I don't want any feeling in that relationship. I want. I want it strictly professional. Every year, Jake goes in. He wants the guy to go. Oh, are you a new patient here? <laughs> In fact, Jake wears a mask when he goes in. I, I'm telling you, I just, I, I just want it professional. I don't spare me the feeling. I just want it, you know, straightforward, and then let me go. You know, I don't, I don't want it to the, I, you know, don't ask me about my kids. You know, you don't care. Jake, you just tell me about my, just tell me whatever about whatever ailment uh, I, I'm coming to see you for, and then let me go on my way. You don't want a personal. T- are you from Mars? What the, you don't want a personal relationship with your doctor, a trusted physician? Not really, no. Uh-huh. My dentist either, really, for that matter. It's he just personal. wants the ointment. Yeah, I, I just want the I just want uh, the treatment. Just tell me what's but, wrong with me. Yeah, whatever happened to a bedside manner? Don't you like a good bedside manner? It sounds I, like you want a robot. They can be nice to me. Bedside manner still is a thing. I mean, they don't have to, you know. Uh, be a jerk about it, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I always ask my doctor how they're doing because they ask me how I'm doing. I say, good, how are you, how are you doing? Yeah, but That's... see, you, you, there's just formality. Let's just cut through it. If there was ever a relationship <laughs> just to have uh, tell it to me straight. You know, that's a saying. Tell it to me straight, Doc. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah. Well, maybe coaches like to be called coach, but I, I, I don't think I've ever – it's been a long time since I've called coach, any coach, coach. Doctor? Doctor. Well, maybe you should Doctor. start. Doctor. 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 <laughs> I mean, I've had neighbors who are doctors. I would never go to see them. No offense. I'm sure they're really good about what they do. But I, I don't need my neighbor knowing, like, oh, how's that uh, digestional problem doing for you? You know, I don't. <laughs> I want you to be a faceless member of the crowd that I mean, I, I, I want to mean nothing to you other than I'm not violating my oath by, uh, you know, giving you the treatment that I'm giving you. That's what I'm looking for. Hmm. All right. Well, I, I just how's that cream working out that I prescribed for you? Is that that problem going away? Good, good. Hey, Jake, still burning? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need any of that. I don't need. I don't need any of that. All right. I just wonder about it because I mean, I, as you called uh, Tim coach, I, I I I don't think I've called any coach coach for probably at least two decades. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you should start. I, what, did I you call, what did you call John Wooden? John? Come on. J. Well, I, I talked to. <laughs> I talked. The last time I talked to John Wooden was. A long, long time ago, and I was younger then, but I don't know. I, uh, Jerry Sloan never insisted on people calling him Coach Sloan. Hey, John, this is yeah. Gordon. What's happening? What's going on? What's the haps? <laughs> I don't, some, yeah, What's some the 411 there, some John? Co- some coaches probably do prefer it. But I, I just have always felt a little uncomfortable addressing someone as coach. I'm sure I've done it before, but not for a long time because they're, they're not my coach. They're, I don't they're think the, that matters. They're the, they're the player's coach. I don't think that matters. And the players call him coach. I mean, some players probably call him for the first name. I, I, you know. 
They, I, I don't. Just, I don't need the familiarity. I'll call you whatever. Doesn't matter. Well, using someone's first name is f- being too familiar. It could be overly familiar with some people. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So do you call people? I, I met. Do you I call met, people who you don't know that well, Mister or Miss or Ms. or whatever. I'll start there and work toward first name. Absolutely. I had a. I met a coworker's parent once who was a doctor of some sort. And I said, oh, hello there, Mr. Smith. How are you? And he goes, I'm fine. And it's Dr. Smith. You know, I don't know. I'll start out with the, with the less familiar, the more formal. I'm fine with that. If we work our way toward uh, calling you by your nickname in college, then so be it. But you, what do I care? But if you're the guy that insists on, or gal insists on being called doctor, then you're a jerk. Probably. But I don't care. I, I, I probably Gordon. never saw that man again in my entire life. What difference does it make to me? Whatever you want, doctor, have a seat over here. I don't. You know, what do I care? Doctor. Hmm. Okay. Well, I've called my I, I've called a doctor Doc before, uh, but just because I, I I like to have it conversational. I don't want to feel like I'm going in talking to somebody. And most of the people I talk to these days are younger than I am, so it just seems kind of weird. I don't know. Well, that's that's awesome. To each their own. You want to be called uh, Colonel, uh, you know. I'll, I'll call you whatever. <laughs> you guys still haven't called me Captain Goodtime like I requested. Which but... is a great nickname. It is. Way, which I yeah. still like very, very much. All right. Well, should we should we stop with the shenanigans and, uh, and jump into the topics of the day? All right. Captain and Crunch. Let's... Okay. Go ahead, Austin. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Jazz swing it around, left side. Ingles again, Ingles again. Joe Ingles is three for four from three, and the Jazz lead by 12. Conley, outside the three-point line, expected the switch. It was late to come. Now he has it. Drives at Olenek, beats him with the left hand, stops, and Olenek stays with him, so he has to switch it to the right hand, misses. Gobert grabs the rebound, holding it in the paint for a while, throws back to Conley, rotates to Bogdanovich. Right corner three, Boyan Bogdanovich. Jazz back up by 20, 66-46. Boyan's got 11. Round ball robbery by Conley, leaves it behind for Royce. He rolls in for a two-hand hammer. Clarkson, step back three, left side is good. Clarkson leads the Jazz with 20. Clarkson, catch and shoot three in transition off the back handle. Ingles grabs the rebound. Chest to Bogdanovich. He'll try another three. He'll hit. And the Jazz, just like that, are up 30. Well, Gordon, uh, you didn't think Houston stood much of a chance last night. They indeed did not, as that was a one-sided, balanced uh, performance uh, from the Utah Jazz where they, they made an inferior team certainly look like it. Um, the number of places to start. Why don't Why don't you uh, guide us, sir? What stood out to you about last night's game? Well, the first thing that stands out is that the Jazz could have won that game by fifty if they wanted to, you know. And uh, I, I don't know when I watch a game like that. I know these guys are making a lot of money and whatnot, but I do feel sorry for the team that is uh, poorly constructed and uh, doesn't have enough talent on it to. Uh, to really compete. And as you know, I'm really big on competition. That's what I like to see. I like to see teams get out there and really test each other 
and that wasn't much of a test for the Jazz. Uh, it wasn't the Jazz's fault, though. They just took care of their business and rolled on. But, um, yeah, I, Rudy Gobert is a stud. The, guy, the guy's just uh, – uh, he's becoming consistently the man. Would you agree I, with that? I've been saying it for a while now, Gordon. Not only do I agree, but uh, I'll add on top of it. He's their most consistently excellent player. You know, consistently good, whatever you want to say. But he is the same level of good every single night. I mean, maybe he affects the game differently some nights more than others. But, I mean, Gordon, I'm doing all these pre-half and posts, and we haven't come to one post game and boy, and said, boy, Rudy didn't have it tonight. I mean, it's yeah. it, maybe there's one in there somewhere that I'm not remembering, right? You know, of course, it, it's a long season, but I mean, it rarely, if ever, happens. Well, 19 points, 18 rebounds on nine of 12 shooting. I, I, I I'm to the point now where remember those games when Rudy Rudy had a string of games there when he would take like three or four shots, and I understand that uh, you, you you sometimes you adjust to whatever the defense is doing, but I I think the Jazz should make team force the ball into Rudy and and, and and until they stop it if they stop it then okay then look for other things but man watching Rudy dunk and move around the basket did you saw one drive into the hoop and, yeah. and I mean that that's uh that's a man who has worked on his game and you and I have often talked about how, how terrific Rudy is defensively but uh, offensively he has gotten much much better and that's because he's a man of pride. He 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 set his mind to it, and he's he's achieving that. I'm not I'm not saying he's, you know, Kareem down there, but he's he's vastly improved from what we saw just a couple of years ago. And his effect on the defensive end is as is as good as it's ever been. So it's it's a pleasure to watch that guy play. And when that's what you want, right? If if you're a fan. Or if you want to buy a ticket to a game, and hopefully that more and more people will be able to do that as time goes by. I mean, you want to see something that is uh, extraordinary, and that's a good definition of what Rudy Gobert is. Uh, yeah, you uh, talk about adding to his offensive game. I think that much is 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 very very clear. What what I like about his recent offensive strides, Gordon, is he's playing with. And I'm going to go to a cliche because the Jazz like to use it, but he's playing with force offensively. Mm-hmm. And that that um, move to the basket was a great example, of course, because it was a strong move. But even when somebody's in his way, it seems like we're seeing less of the flips and layups and more of the just, I'm going to dunk on you and let the ref sort it out. You know, that that really kind of mentality. Like, like Rudy's physical body has come a long way mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA as he's gotten stronger every single year, and it's almost like his offensive mindset is catching up, right? Like, I, I am a big, strong, tough guy, and the fact is that very few people can stop me from getting from here to there. And, and I the feel cool like thing- that, that he's combining that. Sorry, Gordon. He, he's combining that with a series of, of moves that require skill and and we're finally seeing that high uh, hard work really pay off. Yeah, exactly. And that drive we were talking about, he he, he how many one or two dribbles? I can't remember how many dribbles, but uh, into the basket and that one he kissed it off the glass, I believe. Uh, and so there was some finesse and strength involved in that play. But I remember when you specifically, Jake, used to ask the question about what can Rudy do when there's a defender between him and the basket. 
Well, we're seeing uh, evidence that, uh, that that doesn't always matter that much anymore. Uh, like I said, he's not Kareem, but he's he's doing some really nice things uh, at both ends of the floor. And if if I were the Jets, I know they love to toss it into him. They like to hit the shoot the threes and and uh, shoot at the rim. But I I don't understand any game where Rudy Gobert only gets four shots. I I, I think he could do. Maybe not quite as efficiently as it was last night against that substandard opponent, but he should be getting ten shots a game at least. He had twelve last night, made nine, and that that just makes sense to me because who's going to stop that, Jake? Right, uh, very few NBA players uh, are going to be. And able sometimes to stop they it, so. build a wall around them. I get it. Sometimes they do that, but it's uh, it just seems like it's an advantage, Jazz. Yeah, and he still has some things. You know, the ball handling in traffic is, is probably not going to be a strength of, of Rudy Gobert's, I mean, just based on how big he is. But, you know, if he's got an open lane in the basket and, make a, and can make a move like that, you know, that, that certainly makes a difference. And oh. uh, we'll, yeah. it will continue to monitor it because teams will continue to play uh, the Jazz certain ways and, and get away with stuff as long as he doesn't make other teams pay for it. And And everybody benefits from that, by the way. Because that means that you have to guard Rudy differently, which means you're going to have to leave a shooter uh, at some point. So, How many times when Rudy is having a game like that affect uh, the way he was, do you see uh, an end result of an open shooter somewhere? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's mutually beneficial to everyone in that offense to have Rudy involved in doing those things. And, like, he doesn't always have to dribble to the basket. I think most people would probably think, no, nah, just, just pass it to him and let him do his work. But that that really uh, seems to get the attention of uh, all the defenses the Jazz play when Rudy is effective like that and uh, gets the ball like that. Because now, all of a sudden, they are sending a couple guys down and the Jazz start whipping the ball around and there's somebody wide open. And uh, chances are, if Joe Ingles is wide open in the corner, man, he's going to make it. Gordon, I am here at Homie. Go to homie.com, and our friend uh, Katie joins the show. And first of all, it's great to see you. Good to see you, too. Yeah. Things around here seem great. A little buzz about the office, as always. Yeah, we're, we got people here. We're, we're just... Just selling houses. Well, I'm, and we'll get into all of that, but we've got to start off with some some show comma business and I, I will bring Austin in here um, we had a very special request from for band of the day today Austin where are we able to uh, to uh, fulfill that request yeah we're locked and loaded uh, we got a tweet what day was it Austin Monday yeah yeah Monday right? but well before the show Monday yeah from a, a great listener Kyle who happens to be uh, very near and dear to your heart has requested today's band of the day. So yeah. we're doing it today because we knew we'd see you and we thought, you know what? We're going to do it. Well, that's great. It was his birthday on Monday. Hey, and so he's going to just feel so loved from you guys. So well, thank you for uh, playing his band of the day. You want to introduce his band of the day? Tenacious D, his which uh, have fun playing that, Austin. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I, uh, I had loaded share. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, well, Tenacious D. Uh, is he a big fan then? Or is he, he just in the he's mood just for a, it? He's just in the mood for it. He's been trying to get me to listen to it as I've been cleaning the house. And I'm like, eh, I'm not sure the kids should be listening. To <laughs> this might not be a great idea. But all right. But it is for Band of the Day. Yeah. How about that? We're doing great it. idea. So, 
and a happy belated uh, to Kyle. So that's that's awesome. All right, let's talk, homie. Uh, the market. I'm, I read about it everywhere. It's it's blowing up, right? I mean, this is this is a big deal. And you guys at homie, you're right in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, inventory is is really low right now, so it's a, it's definitely a seller's market. There's a lot of buyers out there looking to to buy houses. That there's not a lot of houses on the market, so definitely a great time to take advantage if you're looking to sell a property. If you're looking to sell your house get best top dollar for it we're here to help you and guide you through the whole process and save you money so well let's talk about how you save and and we'll start with sellers but of course we'll talk about all of it throughout the show but uh, let's talk about how you save folks money because what you really do is is disrupt the way that things have always been done yeah for sure we've simplified the whole real estate process by utilizing the technology that we already have out there and making sure that you have that expert service but it's simple, it's more transparent, it's easier. We've eliminated commissions and just do a low flat fee um, on the on the sell side. So instead of paying that 3% that you would generally pay, you pay um, $2,500 to sell your home. So a flat fee. Um, and if you use promo code HANDS, um, it, you do get $1,000 off. So you can still list for that $1,500. How about that? All right. So promo code HANDS, save that money. And what I always like to talk to you about, too, is I, I know the criticism out there is, oh, it's just an app. You won't get the personal touch, blah, blah, blah. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, we're not just an app. We have agents. I'm a realtor. We have a whole team of realtors here for you. You get a dedicated agent that's going to help you. you get the lockbox, you get um, all the uh, uploaded onto the MLS, you get the f- professional photography, you get all the same service with all the savings. And by the way, we've been out at homes before, Gordon, when we've seen the team from Homey come through and get that thing like the photographed and ready to show. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. They know their stuff. Yeah, yeah we have a great team. About that. Yeah. yeah. All right, hey, homey.com. Katie, Katie, wait, wait, Katie, how you doing, man? How you doing, Gordon? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. My uh, my husband called you. He's like he told my kids, "Hey, your mom's gonna be on with your grunkle, your grunkle today." And I was like, "He's not really their grunkle, but that's okay." What, like a grumpy uncle? <laughs> a great uncle. Oh, great uncle. Oh, okay. Either either one would. would Gr- really grumpy is probably closer to the truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. So go to homie.com. That's homie.com. Don't forget about that promo code Hans. Save a thousand dollars. All right. Thank you, Katie. Thanks. All right. More big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is the greatest and best song in the world. Tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone Band of the Day today is Tenacious D, selected by our guy Kyle. And uh, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. Gordon, I wanted to bring up a story you brought up the other day, and it's a it's a big story, certainly worldwide. But I think it's there's a kind of an interesting case study uh, going on that that we could 
learn from and maybe apply to other situations if they pop up in the future. But um, the there are a bunch of big soccer clubs in Europe who are talking about banding together to form a super league with limited access to the other teams in the various leagues. And, and there's a lot of details, and we talked about some of them, you know, threats made by the leagues, can't use players internationally. I mean, it, it, it is, there's been a big, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, but they announced it the other day, and we talked about, we wondered if uh, certain, something similar might happen in college, uh, college football. But today, not only have the plans been basically tabled, which uh, is they didn't say they were getting rid of the Super League plans, but said, oh, for now, we'll just, you know, we'll put it aside. We'll put a pin in it. Uh, But the fan backlash, Gordon, has been uh, pretty insane. You know, a story coming out today that a group of Manchester United supporters broke into the club's Carrington training base in protest at the failed plans for the uh, European Super League before leaving after a conversation with general uh, manager Ole Gunner, you want to take a shot of this last name, Gordon? Solsager? Sure. Anyway, the manager uh, uh, of the club. There's another story that um, the owner of the Arsenal, of course, uh, the Glazer family, or no, the Cronky family, excuse me, John Cronky, or Josh Cronky, had to get on a Zoom call with uh, various groups of fans and that sort of thing to say that he's not going to sell the club as he's feeling pressure uh, to do that because there's this weird also foreign owner element that's involved where European soccer fans think that they're trying to Americanize the sport. And there's also a, a British billionaire owner who owns one of those EPL teams, or not British, a Russian billionaire owner who owns one of those EPL teams who I know has been kind of controversial. So there's this weird uh, international flair to the story. And I want to get your thoughts, but I think it's an interesting um, show of force from the fans. Yeah. You know, the fans of these clubs have reversed this this master plan right in its tracks over 24 hours. I mean, it it's it's actually a really incredible story. Yes, it is. And when I read about it when it first was announced, I I thought that same thing, Jay, cuz I'm reading through it, I'm going, "Okay, wait. It says here that each of these participating super clubs, if you in the Super League, will be getting forty. What was it? Four four hundred and twenty-five million each. Is that? I think I read that right. And I thought, man, that's some big money. And then they're talking about some of the other financial rewards, and I'm going, all right, I I, I understand the push here, but there was real concern about how the fans would react, and I think the fans might even have some say-so about this. I think that was written into some of the rules that uh, because they were worried about some rogue owner or some group of rogue owners just banding together and doing something willy-nilly, or not willy-nilly, but financially uh, motivated. But it actually, I'm a little torn on this because I love that kind of power for fans to be able to express opinion. But I also think that, you know, people saying that, Oh, these clubs aren't concerned about the love and the welfare of the, the 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 beautiful game. They're concerned about just the beautiful reward as far as dollars go. But I don't know. I think sometimes these these structures that are already in power aren't exactly uh, necessarily. Uh, it, it isn't all about benevolence, you know. The powers that be are getting 
a pretty nice payoff as it is. And so it's just kind of weird to see FIFA involved in this feeling like they were some kind of victim when, you know, FIFA's had a lot of power through the years. Anyway, I like to be, the fact to be that, fair. I think it's the what is it? It's UEFA. It's not FIFA. Yeah. It's the. Well, European. I thought FIFA. I thought FIFA was involved in it too. They, that they I, were against it. I think it's uh, well. Uh, okay. Well, I from what I've read, I'm not sure how active FIFA's been. But the reason the European UEFA or whatever has all been out of shape is because Champions League is their right. thing. Right. Right. It's because they're. It'd be like it'd be like college football starting its own. Or actually, no, no, no. That's not true. It'd be like college basketball starting its own NCAA tournament and the NCAA going, wait, hey, what about us? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think FIFA was involved as a, a negative force against it. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it upset the entire soccer world, you know. It seems like there are a lot of it, people feeling like it was elitist and, and uh, taking, uh, you know, other things not into consideration. And so, yeah, the fans have spoken. And and uh, these teams, at least two of them, have backed out completely, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. So. I think the, the whole idea has been everybody is, is running for cover right now. Uh, who was Here's my in question, though. Didn't they know this was going to happen? This is what was confounding to me. When I first read about it and I saw the reaction uh, the initial reaction, I thought, there's no way this was ever going to fly. I mean, when, when, when the entire soccer world is against it and the fans are speaking out, the supporters of clubs, including the clubs that were involved in it, it's like, whoa, uh, how are you going to beat those folks back? That's well, like, that's like, um, that's like a fast food restaurant telling all its customers that, hey, we don't care what you think. We're going to do this. And then all the customers say, oh, no, you're not. You well, know, you, you, you do that and we're not going to support you anymore. Well, that's the part that I bet they didn't count on. If, if, yeah. you, if you're looking for me speculating is that, you know, that's the part they probably they probably didn't count on fan bases looking out for the system as opposed uh -huh. to just their team. Does that yeah. make any sense? Like yeah, the, yeah. that's fan bases saying, well, you're going to disrupt how everything's been done for a long, long time. The, the relegation, the qualification for Champions League, you're going to make it unfair. You're going to give yourself an automatic berth into this thing, regardless of how you play. You're disrupting with the, the, the entire, you know, rules of the game, so to speak, for, you know, lack, you know, oversimplification. And the own fan bases, I mean, look at this. What was it that I just said? Manchester United, their fan base stormed their practice facility today? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That's what I bet that they didn't anticipate. They thought our fans will go along with this because it's in their best interest because it's in our best interest, and the rest of the fans can go pound sand. And that that didn't turn out to be the case. I bet that's where the error in judgment is. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I mean, but it is heartening, and I think this was your original point, Jake, that fans have a voice like this. Because it seems like oftentimes fans – remember whenever there's labor strife, the, there's, the fans are sitting on the side and they're saying, hey, how come we don't have a say in anything? You know, or, you gotta, at, or at very least you're not considering us and what right. we're, you know, our support means to you. We're just numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I like that. I mean, how is that not how does that not warm your heart a little bit to know that the people who who pay 
the money to watch these games and to support these teams, uh, why shouldn't they have some sort of say in what's going on? Uh, I, I think it was pretty cool uh, to see that kind of movement. And apparently it was hot enough to, to crush the thing, yep. at least temporarily. I just would like to see more franchises do things for the fans when they don't have to. I mean, this is just a, an aside, but I really loved what Arthur Blank did um, with the Falcons when they opened that new stadium, Gordon, where they kept uh, all the concession prices at reasonable prices. That was a requirement for vending in their venue, and I, I always thought that was pretty cool. But, you know, when push comes to shove, the fans are the ones who are buying the tickets and watching the games and, mm-hmm. and doing all the things that makes the, the whole process work. So, you know, I think a lot of times fans have more authority maybe than we recognize. This is a, this is a story I found here. It says the Football Supporters Association has condemned the six English clubs involved in the Super League and called for the implementation of something akin to Germany's 50-plus-1 rule to give fans greater control of their clubs. And then it says, what is the 50-plus-1 rule? Well, it means that fans hold the majority of voting rights at a club. Teams are not allowed to compete under uh, uh, DFL rules. That's, I guess, German uh, if private investors hold more than 49% stake. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you can't have. But that doesn't exist yet. That only not, exists in, not, in, in not in Britain. Right. Not in, in the but United no German Kingdom. teams were a part of this thing. Yet. Right. Exactly. And that's probably why, huh? Yeah, probably. You don't think Munich or Dortmund or one of those other super clubs in the Bundesliga wouldn't be interested in. Uh, an extra, you know, billion dollars here or there, but they have that in, in place, and so it makes it very difficult. And now they're saying that the U.K. needs to come up with this kind of thing. Uh, as much um, as I love that, Gordon, that idea, Gordon, I truly do, and love that it exists in Germany, there's no way that clubs are – you're going to force EPL clubs to sell 51% of their – or make public 51% of their clubs. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they tried to do that in the NFL? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, again, I love, <laughs> I love the idea. I think it's amazing. And what a way to give fans literal ownership in, in the franchise. How loyal a fan would you have? But I, I just I don't I, I don't see putting that genie back in the bottle. You know what I mean? If they did it's that at here. the beginning of the league, then OK. But I don't see them all forcing all these clubs to to, sh- to sell the majority share in their, you know, billions of dollar operation. Interestingly enough, it says here that there are some exceptions in Germany, namely uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Wolfsburg, and Hoffenheim, whose owners have been allowed to take a majority stake following a period of greater than 20 years of involvement at the club. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to think of these <laughs> restrictive measures in uh, in American sports, but... Anyway, yeah, it's nice to see uh, fans be able to speak out because for too long in our country, I think fans have been sort of shut out of the discussion. Yep. 
I agree. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Davis Visions. Uh, they've got their spring LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out uh, at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. More big show coming up straight ahead. Jonathan Tavenari at the top of the 3 o'clock hour right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from Homie. Check them out at homie.com. We're going to talk to our friend Katie coming up here momentarily. Uh, but, Gordon, uh, the, your culinary eye has caught uh, a merger of sports and food that has local relevance. Yes. Uh, well, a, a year ago, we didn't know if Zach Wilson was even going to be the starter at BYU, right? I kind of and thought now, would, but yeah. Now he's got a food dish named after him at a major restaurant, major chain restaurant. I got this, uh, like a lot of members of the media did earlier today. It says, hi, Gordon. Chipotle is teaming up with three of the top signal callers in this year's draft to launch new menu items and support local youth sports. It says, starting today through the first night of the draft, which is April 29th, Fans will be able to eat like the league's quarterbacks of the future. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. Uh, no Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what his reasons were for not being involved in this. But those three will have their go-to orders available exclusively on the Chipotle app and Chipotle.com. Am I saying that right, Chipotle? I think so. Uh, .com. For a limited time, the three projected First-round quarterbacks are the first football draft prospects to have their own digital menu items at Chipotle. So let me read these three dishes to you, and you tell me which one sounds best. All right? And it's kind of hard because they're kind of similar, but see if you can pay attention here, all y'all. The Trey Lance Bowl, brown rice, black beans, steak. Sounds good so far, doesn't it? Fresh tomato sauce, tomatillo, green chili, salsa, lettuce, and guac. Okay, that's the Trey Lance Bowl. The Justin Fields Bowl is brown rice, fajita, vegetables, sofritas. I don't know what those are. Do you guys know what that is? No. Lettuce and guac. And the Zach Wilson Bowl, white rice, black beans, chicken, Tomatillo, green chili salsa, and guac. That's the Zach Wilson Bowl. So you can actually order from uh, Chipotle the Zach Wilson Bowl. Uh, okay, I I guess, and uh, no offense to the good folks at Chipotle before I make this joke, but can you uh, can you hold those quarterbacks personally responsible for the after effect <laughs> of said burrito bowl? You know, like when you're dealing with it later, you're like, oh, Zach Wilson, curse you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. When you're, when, you're, when you're dealing with some things, you can't, like, be like, man, you know what? I'm not rooting for the Jets now. 
Well, you you might, you know, yeah, I guess you could turn their name into a swear word. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you know what? That that I didn't enjoy that, so I'm going to root for someone else. Go Bills. What? Let's hope the Zach Wilson Bowl doesn't lead you to the toilet bowl. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something along those lines, you know. Could backfire uh, on you. So <laughs> but if we know anything about Zach and bowls, you might go 15 for 15 in there. Uh, I thought it was 18 for 18. Oh, whatever it was. Uh, was that three years ago it. now? I don't know. Long time ago. Anyway, what, what, Zach what Wilson truly was... 18 of those uh, Zach Wilson bowls will do to you. That's a, a lot of rice. He's come a long uh, way from the potato bowl to Chipotle. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. You know, I would have expected that from Gordon Austin, but from you, <laughs> that's so just really, that's really. So ashamed. No. Where's my no, booing sound effect? You absolutely no. should be ashamed. Uh, coming up take next, pride. our friend Jonathan Tevinari is going to join us, so stay tuned. We'll talk a little college basketball and some rule changes with JT, but we're live here at Homie. Go to homie.com. Our friend Katie is jumping on with us once again. Hello. Hello. I got to turn your mic on this time, so I'm going to make sure it's right. All right. We've, we've got you there. You better do it right. I know. Or Johnny's, Johnny's going to come he, after you. He's going to be angry. He takes these things personally. Uh, okay. We, we talked last time about, uh, about selling, and, of course, that's a big deal. But I want to talk about, or at least start off, talking about the different ways that you guys have streamlined the whole process, because this would be very attractive to me where I don't have to go to a dozen different places in the whole buying selling experience. Like, you know, title, uh, you know, loans, all the thing, one, one stop shop. Yeah. We've brought it all under one roof. So we have homie real estate. Who's here to help you with buying your home, selling your home, whatever you need help with there. Um, we have homie title. Who's going to help you through the closing process, making sure that all of your paperwork's taken care of. We've got your back there. Um, and then we have homie loans. So whether you're already in your dream home and you're looking to refinance or if you're looking to, to buy your next home and you need to get a, a good loan with a great interest rate, well, we've got your back and we'll help you out and we guarantee our interest rate, uh, the lowest interest rate, or we'll give you $500. Hey, um, how about that? Yeah, and then we also have a homey insurance. So um, for home insurance needs or even your car insurance, we can help save you money there. Wow, so we've brought everything thing. that you need under one roof to help you save money. Uh, how many refis are you seeing now? You've probably seen that a lot, right? Yeah, we are. And, you know, interest rates, we thought they were going to go back up. They still are, are down. We're still in, in the mid twos. Um, so it's still a great time to refinance That's your house. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that is that is absolutely insane. So, you know, you, you guys are here, the, the whole process. And you know what? Uh, if you think you're going to lose some personal attention, uh, that is not true. Because uh, you are a realtor. You know the, that business uh, very well. A bunch of people who work here have uh, been former realtors. Well, we all we still all are. are. Still, yeah, yeah, we're still, still realtors. Yeah, yeah right. we, you still have a dedicated professional real estate agent that's going to help guide you through the whole process, make sure that you know exactly what's going on, where you're at in the process, help you with negotiations, help you understand what's going on, what's due diligence, you know, what is all these fees that, you know, people are talking about, you know, what is the home inspector and why do I need a home inspection? So we're here to help you through the whole process. They're here to answer your questions, make sure you understand, and we get you the best house for you. Homie.com. Get started today. Homie.com. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. All right. Uh, Jonathan Tabernari joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.